Hello, and welcome to Scare You to Sleep. I'm your host, Shelby Scott. This week, as you can see, is another dark Reddit episode. But this time, I didn't grab any full-blown back-and-forth stories of murder or mayhem that you need to follow that stretched over several posts, as interesting as those are. This time, I just grabbed a whole lot of one-off, deleted, or throwaway account stories. I don't know. This week, I just felt like talking about bizarre, inexplicable stuff. (laughs) So sit back and relax and let me tell you some weird shit that happened to other people. Oh, but before we begin, the show is now available ad-free on Patreon. So for as little as $1 a month, you can access the show completely without ads. And thank you to those of you who have been so understandable about ads being back on the show. I'm just sort of fond of being able to buy food and pay my rent. So this is the best compromise I could come up with. So far, when I've explained this to people who have complained about the ads, it's been all good. So thank you for that as well. Seriously, I've been I've had a few comments that start off like they want to fight and then I explain and they've been like, okay, that makes sense. And I really appreciate that. Uh, That's not a normal, that's not how internet interactions usually go. So that's been a pleasant surprise. Um, I think by now you all realize, not just with my show, but with most internet entertainment podcasts, YouTube channels, TikToks, I don't know, everything you listen to, that the trade-off of free weekly entertainment plus ads or paying a dollar a month in my case is pretty fair, you know, for for no ads. It's pretty fair. And that's why I love you. So thank you so much for being so understanding. And that is also why ads are back on the show. I just um, (laughs) have to pay my bills. Uh, So yeah. Also, one more thing before we get started. I need to address Sour Punch. If you know what I'm talking about, then you made it to the very end of the Guided Nightmare Omnibus Part 1. Congratulations! For those of you who have no clue what I'm talking about, I did a fun little thing where I hit a code word at the end of that massive episode. If you guys aren't fans of Guided Nightmares, that's totally understandable, so you probably don't remember. I put together a huge, like basically all the Guided Nightmares that were currently available at that time into one big episode, so it was two hours long, I believe, I think, I I can't remember, anyway. So I hit that at the end of the episode, um, and I basically said, email me this code word and I will send you something, send you a surprise, or email me a code word plus your address or something like that. And I was sending out stickers to people who found it, show stickers. Well, I sent out like a whole lot of stickers. I sent out a lot of stickers. It was super cool and that so many of you got to the end. I honestly couldn't believe it. Um, that so many people got to the end, but unfortunately, it was pretty quickly ruined by a few bad apples who publicly posted the code word on various social media sites and groups and explained that you would get a free sticker. So I had to stop doing it because by then I wasn't sure what was legit or not. And I just so happened, it just so happened that all of a sudden I had a huge influx of people sending me Sour Punch emails a couple months after the episode came out. 
So if you have sent me Sour Punch in the last year and haven't heard back, that is why. Um, I will find a way to do other giveaways in the future, but this one is officially over. Um, I just kept forgetting to mention it on the show, so I do apologize for that. And if you find it, then just know you were found a fun little Easter egg for something fun I tried to do that was ruined by some... I don't know. I don't know why you would do that. Why, why would you do that? Why would you ruin it? I guess people wanted other people to have stickers. I don't know. But I am only one person, again, who <laughs> operates out of my apartment. So um, I, you know, I can only keep up with so much, uh, so much. And when things like that get out, I, I don't know. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. It, it really is. Um, okay, let's, we're done talking about that. Again, I apologize for taking so long to address it on the show. Um, that's my only apology. Other than that, those people should apologize. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And again, I will have a giveaways in the future. I actually have one that I will be doing, I believe on Instagram soon. Um, I found a cute little book at a used bookstore that I think would be really fun to give away. So I bought it for one of you, <laughs> one of you lucky winners. Um, so keep a, a lookout for that on Instagram. Okay. Let's get on with the episode. Shall we? So this one, or the next few, came from the question on Ask Reddit. Most of these are from Ask Reddit, or all of them, I believe. Um, What is the creepiest and most unexplainable paranormal experience you've ever had? This was posted six years ago by user eshoves14, and our first entry into this creepy unexplainable question is lived in an old two-bedroom three-story walk-up for a time in my early 20s in Toronto a few days after moving in my roommate Mike chides me in the morning for banging on the wall that separated our bedrooms and pacing back and forth across the apartment at night we just agreed he must have been dreaming or it was sounds from other apartments as I had done no such thing We agreed it must have been nothing and left it at that, but this became a regular nightly occurrence. Shortly thereafter, I started noticing at certain times in my own bedroom the cloying smell of cheap women's perfume mixed with a damp, musty smell. Imagine an old person's clothes left on a damp, musty basement floor near a litter box that wasn't being changed enough, and you get the idea. What made it even weirder is that I would be filled with a sudden, horrible sense of foreboding a few moments before the smell would begin. Mike flaked out and left only four months into our one-year lease, which meant I was left footing the rent for the entire place until I could find another roommate. I had decided to try and sleep in his bedroom shortly after he moved to see if things would get better. The very first night I slept in his former room, I had an incredibly detailed and realistic nightmare of myself standing in the dimly lit bathroom of the apartment and cutting my own face with a large shard of glass while staring into the broken bathroom mirror. It was only broken in the dream. Soon after that, I started to hear loud bangs at night and the flushing of the toilet in the bathroom. Several times, the hot water in the bathtub turned on full blast in the middle of the night. One of the freakier things that happened not too long before I moved 
is the time I was woken up by the TV blaring poltergeist on city TV at about two in the morning. At the time, that channel would always play movies late at night, but the fact that the one time my analog TV, turn a knob to change the channel or the volume, pull a knob to turn it on, turned on by itself at full blast was the time a movie like Poltergeist was playing. And this is another deleted account story from six years ago. Okay, not me, but my family. My grandfather was a bad man, alcoholic, extremely violent, tried to kill my grandmother in front of their kids. One of his less horrible acts was abandoning my grandmother with their six kids, all under the age of 12. Some of his kids maintained minimal contact with him. He lived about 30 or 40 miles from my grandmother and the two kids who'd stayed in the area. When he was in his 80s, he was hospitalized and then passed away in the middle of the night. In the morning, his oldest child, one of my aunts, went to the morgue to identify the body and fill out paperwork. On her way, she stopped by my grandmother's to break the news. When she came in, my grandmother said, Oh, it's a sad day. He died just past midnight, I imagine. My grandmother had begun to show some signs of dementia, or just basic old age, so the weird comments weren't too out of character and my aunt assumed that the hospital or one of her siblings had already called to tell their mother the news. My aunt shook it off and drove to the morgue. When she saw the death certificate, she was shocked to see the time of death listed as 12.10 a.m. On her way home, she stopped back at my grandmother's and asked her who had called her to tell her the news, and asked why she said that she thought he died just past midnight. My grandmother said, He came to see me at 12.30, and we talked for a spell. He wanted to apologize for all he'd done to me and you kids. I think he made his peace and was able to move on, so I'm glad for that. My grandmother then resumed humming and doing a jigsaw puzzle. TLDR, my grandmother knew her ex-husband had died and the approximate time of his death, because his ghost visited her in the middle of the night. This is another deleted account from six years ago. First incident. Laying in bed with my girlfriend, bickering about something. We weren't arguing, but just kind of disagreeing about something. I can't remember what. The lights are off and it's pretty dark. Suddenly I hear all the hangers in the closet across the room move violently. I go to get up and turn the light on, but my girlfriend has a death grip on me. I'm like, babe, I have to check this out. She won't let go, so I pick her up and carry her to the light switch and flip it on. The hangers are all over the ground, thrown all about the room like someone came up and slapped the shit out of them. The rack's still intact. I have no idea what happened. Second incident. Several years ago, I was laying in bed with my girlfriend. We both hear this loud bang. I can't stress how loud it was. I thought someone was breaking into the house. I hurry up and throw on some pants and tell girlfriend to be ready to call the police if I holler. I'm looking throughout the house and I can't find anything, not a single thing out of place. So I go back to bed, but I'm lying awake, listening for any more sounds. 
A few more minutes go by, and I'm still wide awake. I shoot up and scream, What the fuck? I swear someone had just grabbed my foot and given it a bit of a squeeze. The next day, I went through the house trying to recreate the bang we heard. The only thing that came close was if I picked up one of our kitchen chairs and forcefully threw it back down to the floor. By the way, that one had some comments that were funny that were like, I'm just picturing you going around your house just throwing shit on the floor, <laughs> just scratching your head. So this, these next few, or one or two, I believe, came from a post called What is your creepiest story? Also on Ask Reddit. It was posted eight years ago by CLTN Clinton? CLTN The Cultist. Oh, it was What is your creepiest story? Anything that will send chills down the reader's spine. Here's the first one, and it was from a deleted account. About five years ago, I was living in a house shaped like an L that was down a long driveway and fully surrounded by a wobbly-slash-loud two-meter-high wooden fence. We had a gate that was down the driveway closest to the house. The property wasn't very big. At its narrowest point, the fence was one meter away from the house, and at its widest, in the garden, it was about five meters away from the house. I was standing in the kitchen, the short part of the L, which looks upon the gate, when I saw an older, tall, thin man casually walked down and around the side of my house. I promptly flipped the fuck out because it was a bad neighborhood. I was home alone, and he walked straight around the back like he knew exactly what he was doing. He didn't hesitate or glance around. I quickly turned off the TV, closed the window, and ducked just underneath the sill so I could still see out, but he couldn't see me just in case he was a meter reader or something. He didn't reappear. I waited about two minutes while straining my ears to listen if he jumped over our fence. It's impossible to even lean on that wobbly two-meter-high fence without being able to hear it clearly. I heard nothing, so I figured he was looking in through the bedroom windows around the back of the house, the long part of the L. I watched the gate entrance so hard, and he never appeared. So I grabbed our kitchen meat cleaver, like I said, I grew up rough, and left and locked the house quietly and did a quick check around the house. He still wasn't there, and there was no way he could have gone anywhere because he was simply too old to be agile slash fast, and there was no space under our house to hide anywhere. I still think about it to this day and get scared wondering who he was and where he went. TLDR, a man came onto my property with a purpose and completely vanished. This one had a few replies um, referencing a let's not meet story. Um, so I I vaguely remember that one. So if any of you listen to Andrew's show, Let's Not Meet, or any of the shows that use Let's Not stories from that subreddit, apparently there was a story at one point. I believe it was from the perspective, I don't know whose perspective it was, but the gist of the story was that someone had, this man had sold a house to these new buyers, and there was a bomb shelter on the property that was not disclosed to the new buyers, and then the original owner just continued to live in this, like, bomb shelter or some sort of uh, underground dwelling, 
and uh, I can't remember if it was whose perspective it was from. If it was from I, since let's not meet, I assume it's from the house owners, but I don't know. Um, so yeah, if you remember that let's not meet story, uh, this one evoked a lot of people's memories to that story, um, which sounds very creepy. I didn't think to look it up because I don't know. I don't know. Go listen to Andrew's show. He has that probably. Um, okay. This next one is from the same topic. Also from eight years ago. This one is very cute. I worked at a historic house museum that's been featured on a couple paranormal-type shows. There were definitely some strange and unexplainable things that occurred while I was there. One of the odder ones happened on a late winter evening in a massive Victorian mansion that is part of the museum's property and used primarily for office space. We had regular evening programs, most frequently on Thursdays. I was just finishing up a program and had gone up to the back wing, second floor, what had once been the servants' quarters, to locate the other two staff members so we could pack up and head home. The building was chock full of long hallways with many turns, corners, and teensy rooms branching off. As I came around just such a corner, I distinctly heard an enthusiastic conversation between two women and a peal of laughter. My instant impression was, aha, I found the slackers goofing off while I do all the work. I was about five feet from my friend slash co-worker's office, and there was no doubt that that's where the noise was coming from. It suddenly dawned on me that all the lights were off in the room. The hallway was dark aside from the dim security light, and a light in the office would have been easily seen from the hallway where I stood. As I realized this odd fact, I also noticed that all the talking and laughter had ceased. What on earth? All the hairs stood up on the back of my arms and neck, one of the few times that's ever actually happened to me. I tiptoed the rest of the way to the room, looked around the corner, then confirmed the room was dark and empty. I was decidedly shaken up and teetered back downstairs as quickly as my high heels would carry me. I almost immediately found the other two staff members in one of the other houses on the property. They'd been inside it, with the window shut, and I'd been alone in that Victorian mansion where I heard that conversation. I avoided that wing of the house for the remainder of the time that I worked there. TLDR, servant girls gossiping, as they are apt to do. Okay, this next one was posted a year ago, and the question was by user LBE, and it is serious. What is the creepiest or most unexplained thing that's happened to you that you still think about to this day? So this is another deleted account. A ghost saved my life in a haunted old Shakespearean theater by telling me that a plank that edged along a wall which was the only way to get to the furthest corner of the building, 60 feet above the stage, was missing a section, and warned me that I would die. 1985. I had worked there all summer when I was 17, and had never seen this guy before. I had landed a cool job as a stage operations crew the summer after high school, and worked the upper theater, high above the stage, on the catwalks. I was working in a far corner of a theater's rafters through my lunch break so I could leave early that day, and was asked to walk off the catwalk, 
across a wooden plank and drop a rope down and pull up a larger rope to tie off on the rafters. We were getting ready for the season and slowly stringing lights and scenery to the drops that were bars on pulleys and counterweights. As I left the decently made catwalk, I stepped onto a plank and couldn't see in the middle of the building, but could see a plank rising upward on the other side of the darkness. Okay, it must hit a platform there at the bottom and go up again, I thought. I walked four to five steps down into a very dimly lit part of the rafters on the plank when a man stopped me. Turn around, slowly. The plank is missing. No light. Get light. Fine, I said in a sarcastic teenage tone. I turned around and got back on the catwalk, walked to the ladder, and climbed down to the stage to get a flashlight. My boss asked, Why are you down here? I need a light, and your guy said a plank was missing, and to get a light. What guy? You were the only one up there. The old guy with the beard and wool cap. My boss, who headed the technical-slash-carpenter-slash-electrical part of the theater, was in his late 60s and had worked in that theater for nearly 40 years. He looked amused at first, laughing at me, asking... How do you know about that? Know about what? I came down for a flashlight so I could see. You're serious. You saw him? It must have been 1954, and a rigger fell from the rafters and died. He fell all the way to the stage. I think his name was John? In 74, my assistant made up a story about talking to him. But back then, we were all smoking something. What are you on? nothing. Come with me. Let's see if it's missing. So he did. Sure enough, the plank was missing. There was the plank I was on, a platform, nothing, and a platform with a plank from that platform to the upper corner of the building. From my vantage point, it looked like plank, platform, plank, platform, plank. In the dust along the plank were my footprints leading right to the edge. One more step, and I would have fallen to the stage. Below us was a thick fabric curtain that separated the stage from the rafters, blocking light from below. In the horizontal folds of the curtain, a wool cap. To this day, I've not stepped back into that theater. Let's take a quick break for some ads. Unless, of course, you're on Patreon, in which case... See you in half a second. Welcome back. So this is another deleted account from a year ago. I had a schnauzer that could hear a cat stalk across a Persian rug. The slightest noise could wake her from a slumber and set off her constant barking. She made a great tent companion while on backpacking trips. Bears, raccoons, and skunks would all get fair warning if they came within range of our campsite. One morning, we woke up from a night without interruptions in the back county of southwestern Colorado, and I found my tent's central guy line was no longer staked down by the aluminum stake that I had used, but instead by a piece of aspen branch that had been carved into what looked like a tiki statue. Nothing too ornate, but a snarling face with teeth had been carved from the bark 
and it had obviously been heated in a fire to give it a brown color. My dog didn't make a sound, and I apparently slept harder than I thought. I scrambled out of the tent and looked around the small alpine lake and saw no other campers, nor any sign that people had been around. Cut my trip short and hauled ass the eight miles back to my car. Not a single other car in that lot at the trailhead. This next one will hopefully bring some some hope and happiness to some of you who may need it. This is from a year ago, and it's from a throwaway account, um, throwaway2021 ABC, in case you were interested. Here it is. A few years ago, I was at my lowest point in life. Several people close to me had passed away unexpectedly. I was being bullied every day at my job. My life was falling apart. I was past being depressed. I just couldn't imagine waking up another day. So, I'd planned my suicide, bought a one-way plane ticket, got sleeping pills, and wrote a series of suicide notes. On the day I was to fly out to fulfill my plan, there was a terrible accident on the freeway to the airport. It was shut down both ways, so I drove into a nearby pub to have a beer and wait out the traffic. The second I sat on the patio with my drink, a gentleman asked if he could come sit with me. Whatever, I thought, sure, who cares? He told me that whatever I was doing next was a terrible idea and I would regret it. I thought, who is this random fucker? But I listened. He said that he sensed I was in pain, but that I had an incredible life ahead of me and that this was not the way my story was supposed to end. Again, I'd never met this guy in my life and hadn't mentioned a word to him about my plan. He asked me to hand him my keys and my wallet, and he'd give them back to me after I talked, and he listened. I poured my heart out to this random guy, told him all my traumas and pains in life, and why I was heading to the airport on a one-way ticket to kill myself in a cemetery across the country where my family was buried. He just listened. And then he pulled out a lighter, asked me to pull out my suicide letters, and helped me burn them. He told me I was worth so much to the world and that after I finished my drink, I needed to head home and get some sleep. He told me I was going to be okay tomorrow. And I believed him. He then gave me my keys and my wallet back. I left that afternoon and went home, hugged my family, got some sleep, and the next day, I started working on myself, finding a therapist, a new job. Years later, I'm in a fantastic place in life, so, so far from where I was that day. To this day, No one in my life knows how close I came to killing myself. But this random stranger just somehow understood me and saved my life. I never saw him again. I don't even know his name. It's the most unexplained thing that has ever happened to me. And I think about that guy every day. So, thank you, kind stranger for saving my life that random September day on a pub patio. 
So the next few are from a question that was posted five years ago by user Dragons5. What is the creepiest, most unexplained thing you have ever experienced? Yes, there's kind of a pattern in these questions, if you can see. All right, this was, this is from yet another deleted user five years ago. A twofer, many years apart in the same apartment. Young teen me, I never had much of a rebellious side to me, but my parents didn't want me in their bathroom when they weren't home. They, however, had a fantastic shower as compared to the leaky piece of shit I was stuck with. We'd had a minor spat this particular morning, so they left to clear their heads. That meant it was time to use the fancy shower. Home alone extravagances are set pretty low when you're poor. Anyway, they'd been gone about half an hour. Then I hear my dad stomp run into their room. He slammed his keys down, checked the answering machine, and I knew he had to have been pissed, so I called out, My shower drain was leaking again. Sorry, I'll be out in a minute. Stomp run to the bathroom door, then it just stops. I called out to him, and he starts jiggling and turning the handle like crazy. The door wasn't locked, and he wasn't an invalid at all, so I stepped out, wrapped a towel around me, and began saying, What the hell? as I opened the door. I opened it mid-shake, watching the knob turn, and there was no one on the other side. I ran through the apartment, saw that we still had a message, and the front door was still locked. Parents came home two hours later. The other one was a happy creepy about 10 years later. I had a cat I adopted that was a real bastard. He would hiss, bat, and claw if you were lucky, bite if you weren't, or if you weren't me. He loved me. He'd frequently attack my family members, then hide in my lap and go to sleep. He had a long battle against stomach cancer, and he finally passed. By the time he passed, it was just my mom and I left in the apartment, and she, in her own way, missed him. About two weeks go by, and I'm up late one night on World of Warcraft. I saw my cat walk down the hallway, so I instinctively reached down to pick him up into my lap. Towards the end, he could barely move his hips. Then I felt really, really incredibly sad, knowing that he clearly wasn't there. That was enough to get me to log off for the night. A few seconds later, after I'd laid down, I felt a cat kneading right behind my back. I'm a side sleeper. I figured it was just my brain messing with me due to tiredness. When I woke up, there was a little indentation on my blanket and a spot that was about 15 degrees hotter than the rest of my bed. I like to think it was him. He was a mean little bastard, but I hope he was happy with me. Okay, another deleted account from three years ago. I grew up in the middle of nowhere, Texas. It's a small town named Holly, a little ways outside of Abilene. From what I remember, it wasn't even a one-stoplight town. It was a no-stoplight town. There was one school, pre-K through 12th, two diners, and two gas stations. Nothing else but sand and dust and mesquite trees. Some of my earliest memories are of me and my two older brothers exploring the dry woods around our house. 
One of my most vivid memories of my life there is, is us coming across a massive lake one day after spending hours in the woods. We were maybe 30 minutes from our house as the crow flies, but had been exploring since sunrise. When we came across it, we all got a bad feeling and started trying to retrace our steps home immediately. As soon as we got home, we told our parents and they told us we were silly. We tried going back and never found it. We moved several years later, but even to this day, both of my older brothers have the same memory of us seeing this huge lake in the woods. But even after multiple return trips and an uncountable amount of Google map searches, we've never been able to find anything that could even be considered a pond, the nearest lake being 30 minutes down the interstate. This one was deleted, of course, and posted three years ago. Before telling my story, I want you guys to take in mind that English is not my native language, so there might be a few mistakes. So what I'm about to tell you guys, I haven't told anyone except for when I wrote down my story and sent it to a podcast that tells creepy true stories in my country. A little backstory first. I was born with a heart condition that makes my heart beat very fast sometimes, and it sometimes also ends up in a sort of heart attack. On a few occasions when that happens, I obviously end up at the emergency and get hospitalized for a few days. A few years back, I got this sort of heart attack. In the ambulance on my way to the hospital, I could feel that I was going to die and made peace with it. Not because I wanted to die, but I was just ready and not scared at all. A few hours later, having no idea if my heart stopped and if I died, I woke up and wasn't feeling very good, obviously, but something was different. I had the strangest feeling in my gut and I could just telling something was off, like I was trapped in someone else's body, only that it was my body. Very hard to explain, but maybe you guys get it. Anyway, I didn't have my phone with me and I wanted to call my boyfriend to tell him what had happened and that I was okay. The only numbers I had in my head was his, my dad's, and my sister's. I got a hold of a phone and dialed my boyfriend's number. When he picked up the phone, I felt a heartwarming relief when hearing his voice. I started talking quickly, telling him something like, Hi, it's me. I just wanted to tell you I had problems with my heart again, and I'm at the hospital, and everything is fine now. I was expecting an answer sort of like... I'll be there as soon as I can. But what I got was... Um... I have no idea who this is. And I thought he was joking with me, so I told him, It's me, Lisa, your girlfriend. I cooked dinner for you and your daughter like two days ago. Come on, stop joking. And he said, with the most serious voice ever, I am married to blank, and I don't know who you are. Please don't ever call me again. I was shocked. I couldn't understand what was going on. I knew that he had divorced his ex-wife a few years before we met, so I could not understand at all what was going on. When I got back home, stuff in my apartment was different. Stuff was missing or had changed place, like pictures and paintings and such. 
I decided to Facebook my boyfriend, and we weren't even friends on there anymore. And it said he was still married to his ex-wife. Had I imagined being his girlfriend? Spending time with his daughter? No way. I knew stuff about him and his daughter that I could in no possible way know if we wouldn't have dated. I still had the feeling of being in the wrong body, that something was very wrong, still have to this day, and have thought about this so much. My theory is that I did die, and I somehow woke up in almost the same life, but in another dimension or something. I know it's crazy. Most of my life is the same. When it comes to my family, some memories that I have, it seems like I'm the only one having them. In my old life, my mom died when she was 44. But in this life, she died when she was 50. So it looks like she got a few more years here. After losing my boyfriend, that I love deeply still, and waking up in this, what seems to me, other world and other life, I've struggled with depression and dealing with figuring this out. About two months back, I signed up on Tinder, and my boyfriend showed up on there. We matched and are currently dating. He has no memory of me, while I have six months of memory of us being in love and having an amazing time together. He has said he recognizes my voice, but he can't place me. I haven't told him yet, and don't know if I will. He will probably think I'm a psycho. Do you guys have any theories of what have happened to me? Okay, this is our last story of the night, and this one, holy shit, gave me <laughs> actual goosebumps. The hair on my arms stood up ugh, the first time I read it, and it's kind of funny too. I really like whoever posted this, because deleted account. This is from nine years ago. Wow, almost a decade. All right, here we go. Hi, Reddit. Longtime lurker, second or third time poster. Sorry, this is a long one. When I was in high school, I was a horrible student. One time, after my usual poor report card, my punishment was to help my dad's janitorial company by cleaning the newest account he had picked up. It just so happened to be a church. Due to the church keeping odd hours, I would usually start cleaning around 10 or 11 p.m. The first night, my dad helped me out by showing me what to do slash helping me. We arrived a little early, around 8 p.m., so he could meet with the pastor and get the keys. During the brief meeting with the pastor, I got the major creep vibe, but my dad seemed cool with it, so whatever. Cut to an hour or so later, my dad and I are cleaning separate rooms. I feel somebody watching me, so my head shoots around. To my relief, it was my dad. I noticed he was pale white, and he said, You weren't just in the other room with me, were you? I said, No. And he told me that he had just seen me, standing there, watching him. He had asked what I needed, and I didn't respond. Then he said, I put my hand on his shoulder, just as he started to say, I get a weird feeling from these people, referring to the people of the church. He told me that just as he finished saying that, the hand on his shoulder squeezed hard enough to bring him to his knees. He turned, and nobody was there. So that probably should have been enough to make us stop cleaning the church, but 
We had a job to do, so we did it. I started cleaning the church weekly, and nothing else happened. One week, since I had just turned 18, my buddy wanted to take me to a strip club, so he agreed to help me clean if it would speed things up. At one point, he took the trash out to the back alley, and I suddenly hear him running back in, screaming, What? Where are you? I run out to see what's going on and ask him what he's talking about. He said he stopped outside to smoke a cigarette, and he heard a huge crash of broken glass, and that I started screaming his name in a blood-curdling scream. He had been standing about 30 feet from where I was, and I heard absolutely nothing. To this day, I don't know if he was joking with me, but he swears he wasn't. Finally, I was there cleaning the community part of the church by myself one night. The layout was a set of double doors in the front, which followed by an open area. If you walked straight through, you would go straight to the back door, and to either side along the way, there were rooms, classrooms, kitchen, daycare, etc. The last two doors on the left, before you reached the back door, were the men's and women's bathrooms. The front double doors were always locked with a chain and padlock wrapped around the outside door handles. When I took the chain off, I would always wrap it around the inside handles, but I wouldn't lock it. It was just mainly to keep the wind from blowing the doors open. So I'm cleaning the closest bathroom to the back door, when I hear the water start running in the other bathroom. I stop what I'm doing and go to see what's going on. I go there and see the toilet filling up like it had just been flushed. I watch for a moment to see the water fill to the line and stop. Okay, faulty plumbing, I assume. After the toilet stops, I still hear the water running, so I take a quick look for the culprit. I don't see anything, so I head back to the original bathroom. I walk in, and immediately the blood rushes from my face when I see all three of the bathroom sinks pouring full blast. Steam is rising from the sinks and I realize it's the hot water. I gather my composure and turn all the sinks off. I turn to walk out and just as I get to the hallway, the front door starts bucking as if somebody were trying to get in. The two doors are thrashing back and forth. Because they are only held closed by the chain wrapped around them, they are opening far enough for me to see that nobody is there. If there was somebody there, they would be the worst door opener ever. I don't know what to do, so I'm just standing in the bathroom doorway. I'm praying and chanting and doing whatever else I can think to do. Suddenly, the door stops moving, and instantly, the back door, which is about a foot to my left, starts doing the same thing. This is a standard single door which is fully locked, but the knob is turning wildly and the door is bowing towards me, like someone is pushing it in. There's a window to the left of the door and again, I can see that nobody is out there. Finally, just as quickly as it started, everything stops. I immediately turn and get in my car and go. I didn't even dust the pulpit, you guys. That's how scary this was. I get home, and my dad is sitting at the kitchen table, awake, which is out of the ordinary. He takes one look at me and says, We are canceling the church account. Nothing more needed to be said. To this day, 
Whenever I ask him about it, he just says he had a bad feeling about it. TLDR, I walked in on a ghost in the bathroom and it got so embarrassed it tried to leave through two locked doors. Thanks for listening. Um, thanks to all these deleted and anonymous Reddit posters for your amazing stories. If you're out there and you heard this, thank you. Um, feel free to identify yourselves if you if you would like. You clearly deleted your accounts for a reason. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, yes. I remember uh, ad free on Patreon. Join the Patreon for my five and ten dollar patrons. I will be putting up some bonus content that is only exclusive for you. I'm um, just working that out. Like I said a few months ago, which most of you heard, I'm just kind of figuring I want to do Patreon really right this time. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to do some fun stuff that's exclusive for all the tiers, you know, but starting again, starting at $1, you get all of the episodes ad-free and there's a lot of bonus content on there available to all the tiers. So go check it out. We have a lot of fun over there. It's more casual over there. I usually talk a lot more casually kind of. So if you like the end of the episode rambles, you will like Patreon because that's kind of how the mood is for most of the episodes. Um, Speaking of Patreon, I will be finishing Frankenstein soon. Also, if you were wondering, uh, follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, at scary to sleep. The Facebook is a group. So you need to answer questions. Feel free to just say podcast podcast to each question. I just need to know that you're not a robot or a scammer or something. So yeah, podcast podcast is totally fine. Um, thank you to just all of you listening. Um, Ooh, I baked the best sugar cookies I've ever had in my whole life this week. It's actually a recipe I've um, done for a long time. If you are listening, Shelby Gray, you posted that recipe several years ago on Facebook, and I have made them ever since. They are, if you like the taste of sugar cookie dough, these cookies taste like sugar cookie dough. They're so soft. If you like crisp, or if you like chewy cookies, this isn't for you. There's, they're very soft. Um, the recipe says that they're chewy. I think they're very soft and I like soft cookies. So if you'd like that recipe, I can post it somewhere or send it to you. Oh, that reminds me. Someone asked me for my cinnamon roll recipe. I will send that to you if you're listening. (laughs) I promise. Um, so, uh, yeah, I made sugar cookies. Um, my power was out today for most of the day. Um, it's half of my power. I, I think I've talked about this on here and I have tweeted about it. Half of my power in my apartment has been out for like three weeks now. Uh, finally got fixed today, but that meant that all of the power had to be out for several hours. So that's why this is a little late. I'm always late. I swear. It's just, I know it's now it's February. I'm hoping February goes better. January, I talked to a few friends and everyone had seemed to have a rough January. So here's to um, fabulous February um, for all of us, all of you, all of us, any of us who are having who had some issues in the last month or so. Uh, yeah. I think that's all. Oh, there's merch available on Tee Public. I don't push my merch enough. I know that. Um, I need to go put some new merch in there. Yeah, I think that's all for now. Um, trying to think of anything that I'm forgetting. I feel like I'm forgetting something. I really do. I feel like I'm forgetting to tell you all about something. And I can't remember what it is. Oh, well, it'll come to me later and I'll tell you next week or over social media, which again, at scary to sleep on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. All right, go get some sleep. 
Sweet dreams.